listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Tom Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go! Hello and welcome to the News from the Nerds podcast, your midweek news show brought to you by Formula Nerds. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we are going to cover the main headlines from the past week, including the fallout from the dramatic Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, as well as an exclusive interview with W Series driver Abby Eaton. To help me cover all of this, we have Bridge. How are you, Bridge? I'm all good. It's not just me, though, is it? It's just it's not just it's not. me. <laughs> Behind the scenes, we have super producer Rich. And we have James as well from Paris. How are you, James? Also fine, thanks. Uh, how are you before you move on to Grace, before no one asks you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Grace, how are you? I'm good. I just wanted to say thank goodness it's not, it's not just you and Bridge. Otherwise, that would be a lot of work for you two to cover. So good job yeah. as, me, as two, me and James are here too. Yeah, it certainly would with all the news we've got. So, Bridge, why don't you start us off? Well, obviously the fallout is still continuing uh, from last weekend's Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. A lot to cover there, a lot to cover there. But the big the big story coming out of that was Michael Massey. Now, he had a bit of a... Uh, he, had some, he had a few incidents, we'll call it that. He had a few incidents to cover uh, over the course of the weekend. Um but Ross Braun has come out in support of Michael Massey, which is a bit of a change uh, compared to everyone else. Uh, he said, I think Michael dealt with it pragmatically. Uh, this type of discussion goes on several times during a race. If a driver gets by someone or defends unfairly, the race director will tell them or tell the team to correct the position. Now, obviously, we had the whole debating and bidding for places, which was quite funny. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But for me, it was it was pretty much a comedy sketch. Um, but he did. I felt he did. He did deal with it fairly well, and I think people took advantage of the fact it was a very stressful situation. Yeah, I mean, he said that it's apparently like really commonplace, and I guess we just have haven't ever seen it because the whole radio between the FIA and uh, the teams is pretty new to us. But it did. It felt a bit bizarre to watch this kind of yeah, particularly because he seemingly for just forgot that Esteban Ocon exists. When he was like, yeah, offering you P2. And they were like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sounds great. Behind Ocon, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. That, that was a bit silly. I think overall, they've taken a lot of stick and I think they got most of the, the decisions right. In the end, one way or another. But that's my call. What about you guys? I was going to say, me and Avi had some uh, some choice words to say about this whole should we just say a comedy sketch? I think that was the correct word there, Bridge. Well done. Yeah, it was one of the worst, po- most poorly organised races I've seen in a while. And that's saying something because we have had Spa this year. I mean, it also did give us a lot of excitement, to be fair to, to Michael. Um, what do you guys, Abby, what do you think could have actually been done better in that situation? Well, I think initially... I was against Michael Massey. I think he could have handled it a bit better, but given everything that happened, it was a bit of a comedy sketch, but he did try his best. And I think it was the Saudi stewards. Some of them were new, so they brought in some of the Bahrain stewards as well to help. 
I just, I think Michael did the best he could. And I think James, actually, I'm going to coin a phrase here. You said it was the most exciting, but possibly the most embarrassing race of this season. And I think that speaks true to what happened in Saudi. I've just got one tip for Michael Massey. Next time, don't play deal or no deal with drivers and teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Should have got it, Noel involved. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was a great show back in the day, but we don't want to watch that. Get the dealer out. Get the dealer out. I was expecting the phone to ring. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, but James, you've you, you said earlier as well that there was a lot of, obviously a lot of other controversies going on. And obviously mm. another one of the weekend was the red flag. The red flag and It stuff. was. Now that one, I'm, I would say, it's a tricky one. So Lando's come out, obviously it ruined his race and he said it should be scrapped. I saw uh, that uh, I think Alex Albon has also come out now and said that he agrees. It's, yeah, I mean, I get chain, you know, repairing bodywork under the, the red flag for safety. That makes sense. I'm not sure why. The tyres are allowed to... I don't know what the reason that that rule exists, to be honest. But but equally, I guess, to play devil's advocate, it could be the... It could work exactly the other way around. You know, that it could be someone who's about to take a pit stop with a 30-second lead, and then they have to... If that rule doesn't exist, then they have to stay with their current tyres and they've lost their lead. So it's always likely to screw someone over. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean... I- I think my definition of a red flag is that it pauses the race. It stops the race. So you shouldn't be able to gain an advantage from something that has stopped. You know, it doesn't happen in any other sports. You know, if the player goes down injured and the player and the in football and the referee stops the game, you know, the the, the rest of the people don't, you know, make tactical change their boots. Yeah, they don't change their boots or you know, it's 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 different, um, obviously. But in my mind, a red flag means the race is stopped. So I totally agree with Alex and with Lando in that it should not be. And you know, Max, that turned Max's race around uh, on Sunday. So you know, it, it, it's it's a tale of two halves. Andreas Seidel has also come out and set back Lando Norris and Alex Albon, saying that the rule needs to be changed. I think. He said that they couldn't moan at the moment about it because they all did sit there and they all did agree with the rule. But for the future, he said that it's unfair and they would like a push forward to change it. So I feel like with all the new regulations and everything that's happening, we could see a lot more discussions about this and potentially the rule being dismissed in the future. Using the football analogy you gave, Bridge, I think what you said about the red flag, like it, you should be allowed to change your boots, but it does give people a bit of a breather. So yeah. as for drivers, it can give them a breather. But say with a yellow flag or a safety car, I love when the pit stops happen there because that's when the drama unfolds. And they teams base so much of their strategy on the potential of safety cars. So I don't want that to change, but the red flag rule, I think personally, has to change. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I mean, not to not to upset Grace, I'm going to make it clear, we all loved the Gasly win, but Italy 2020 showed that it, it made it a lottery and drivers are punished at random by it. And that doesn't seem right. I mean, like I said, it's it's always likely to happen one way or another, but it seems a strange rule to exist. Um, anyway, we're trying to get Michael Massey on 
to the podcast to uh, to get to the other side of the story and his many other stories this year. So, you know, keep an ear out for that in the future. I'll invite him to play No Deal. De- oh, I can't say that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invite him to play Deal or No Deal with me. <laughs> yeah. That will certainly be interesting to see what he has to say and whether what he thinks about the red flag rule as well. The, yeah. Was the was the banker ever revealed from Deal or No Deal? Because maybe it's Michael Massey. It's like oh. the Stig. Who's the Stig? Who's the banker? That's one for the conspiracy theory episode we've got coming in the in the off season. Look at that. <laughs> well, if he gets fired, we've got a job for him. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't think he'll get fired. I think you know he's all year he's been fairly solid. I think I don't think there's any reason to fire him. Everyone has a bit of a dodgy race. You know, so I, yeah, I, I don't, in my opinion, he shouldn't be fired. Uh, what do you guys think? I, you know, it's turning into The Apprentice now. What, what's with all these TV references? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I don't think he should be fired. I think he should stay on till next, for the next season, definitely. And everything, no one knows what's going to happen. Everything's going to be different next season. So he might do an exceptional job or he might not, but no one really knows. I think he's just still having some teething problems, but when he gets that sorted, it should be good. And he's got a pretty unpredictable bunch of drivers and a pretty unpredictable season to be dealing with. So we've got to give him some credit. Yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt, I reckon. thousand percent. So speaking of people that could be fired or we could be could be losing uh, in the next couple of years, Alpine had a very successful race. Uh, again, Ocon... Again, just beaten, just beaten to the line by Valtteri Bottas. Very cruel, very cruel. I feel like he drove a great race, uh, and I feel I feel that 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 podium position was definitely his. Um, but obviously, Alpine have announced Piastri. Abby, have you got any news on that for us? Yeah. So going into the final round of the F two and F one season, Piastri will be doing the testing in Abu Dhabi. And he has yet to win the F2 Championship, but that could all change this weekend because he did extend his lead in Saudi Arabia ahead of Guan Yu Zhou. But his teammate, I believe, Robert Schwartzman, is now second in the standings. And whilst Piastri is ahead on 213.5 points, we could see Schwartzman maybe getting some more points. I don't think he'll bridge the gap to be champion. But Prima, who they both drive for, has got constructors. So it will be exciting to see Piastri race and do the testing to help him eventually get into F1 because I would love to see him in F1 myself. Yeah, I think that F2 championship's in the bag for him. He's He's been utterly brilliant um, all year, just utterly brilliant. So, yeah, I, I think he deserves it. But then, then again, Max deserves the F1 championship and that's heading in the wrong direction, isn't it? So... That's a big statement to just throw out there casually, but we'll we'll. I've got uh, my we'll rep. stick on the F two for now. I've got uh, my rep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very controversial bridges. Bridge Morgan, that's his nickname. Yeah, no, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think there's any any debate about Piastri though. I think he definitely deserves it. And even in in Saudi Arabia, he really he kind of kept his cool. It was all going crazy around him. Won the second sprint race, and well, what there was of a feature race, and yeah, I agree with Bridge. I think he's. He's got it in the bag now and I think he deserves to be an F1 and hopefully he will give it another season. Um, 
So what do we think about Guan Yu Zhou not being uh, featured? And I suppose he's left the Alpine Driver Academy now, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And Saudi wasn't his best performance, but I think, I'm not really sure how he's going to fare in F1 with Alfa Romeo, with the new cars and that. I'm not sure whether he'll be better than his teammate Bottas or whether he'll be finding his feet. What do you think, Grace? Going back to what you said about him underperforming in Saudi Arabia, it reminds me of when we all found out that George Russell got the Mercedes seat for next year. We haven't seen Mr. Saturday be as spectacular as he was at the start of the season. So maybe the pressure's off for him. Maybe he's just... Maybe he knows he's got the seat and he doesn't need to perform as well. And he's got the super license points sorted if he finishes where he is now. So he, he can have a nice Christmas holiday and get back ready for F1. Yeah, there's just so there's just so many unknowns, but um, but yeah, well, fingers crossed for next year that it's a they they they're good, and I hope Oscar Piastri can make it to F1. If not next season, if he's not in there, you know, sniffing around any any empty seats, um, hopefully we can see him. But breaking news, we have got him. Well, uh, an interview with Oscar Piastri is in the works, so please stick around for that. He will be probably on the on the big on the big podcast with Ollie. Um, but yeah. Oh my god. Remember to stick around to see or hear from at least an F2 world champion. So remember to stick around. A for that. potential F1 champion. I mean, I don't think that's going too big. Now that is no. controversial. That is controversial. <laughs> you would know about being controversial, wouldn't you, Bridge? Well, you know. I've got like I said, I've got a rep, I've got a rep to keep up, haven't I? So You certainly do. <laughs> An F1 world champion in the making. Whoa. Support for the Cut to the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. Talking about F1 World Championships, who do you think is going to win it? This Sunday, come on, I need your bets. I need, I need to know. Okay, based on momentum, for me, Lewis Hamilton. He won in Brazil. He won in Qatar. And I think... I think he's got it in the bag for Abu Dhabi. I think Max will give it all he's got and he could potentially do some slightly aggressive, dangerous driving. Um, but I I want to see Lewis get it as a Brit fan. I do want to see the Brit get it. Max has done well, but I want Lewis and I think Lewis will get it. I like it. I think he's, I think he's definitely the bookie's favourite now. Um, he's it swung so many times so anything can still happen they're going into it dead level obviously Max on count back and we all yeah that's been well discussed I think we'll uh, we'll leave that but I don't know I mean Bridges decided it's a done deal having decided that it was a done deal in, in Saudi Arabia that Max was definitely winning it he's now well no I didn't I didn't I didn't say it was a done deal I said if what, you, was the, if, what was the name of the article if you well no if you follow me on Twitter you'll know that I, I made a very 
I made a statement. We'll, we'll put it that way. I made a statement that if Max Verstappen did not win in Saudi Arabia or, or cause Hamilton to not finish, it will be Lewis's Hamil- Lewis Hamilton's eighth world title in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. And I, I stand by my tweet. A lot of people had something to say about, about my article. It was 642 comments on my article, none of which were probably positive. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. I will, I will stand my ground. But, uh, but yeah. And you made some Dutch fans, right? I, I gained 17 new Dutch, Dutch followers. So, I, you know, you win some, you lose some in the business. And, you know, it, I, I do believe it is, it is Lewis Hamilton's eighth championship in the making now. I, I, Max, Max showed signs of breaking in Saudi Arabia. So we'll, uh, we'll see. For once, I think we're all in agreement. That's the novelty. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm not happy about being in agreement. About with Lewis winning his eighth title, I'm not happy about. <laughs> I'm it. remaining a little bit more on the fence for the record. I, I still think anything can happen, uh, but who should win? Who deserves to win? I mean, Max. we know that Bridges Max. nailed his, uh, and Grace has nailed also their flags to the mast. I think Abby. What do you think? I think Max has had an exceptional year. He has done an amazing drive, and he does deserve it. But yeah. I don't really like Max, but I will give it to him. He he does deserve it as much as that person I'd have, to say. I'd have said that, yeah, I think I'd also have said that he deserved it at least two races ago, definitely. I think it's evened out a bit more. I th- I don't feel like either of them would not have be, a, be an undeserving champion anymore. I think Lewis's drive in Brazil was like one for the ages. And, you know, Max has obviously maybe shown a bit more even more of his controversial side recently, but uh, I think either of them will be worthy champions at this point. I think it, I just don't want them to soil what has been a brilliant season with a. I know it's gone. I know it's been a, a very you know a point of concern for especially as uh, Mr. Brundle said that his ta- that Max's tactics in. Uh, Saudi Arabia saddened him. I don't, you know, I think that was a little bit, little bit over the top. You know, if you, re- if another one of my articles that have not been well received, um, I believe, you know, it was a bit of a 50 50, the, the contact in, in Saudi Arabia. But yeah, I just don't want to see a first lap crash out where Max accidentally, I'm doing little quotation marks for everyone that can't see at home accidentally crashes into Lewis in the first corner and we don't, you know, we get we get a rubbish Grand Prix for the rest of the year. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping is not going to happen. Now, I don't want to make Martin Brundle sad because I do love him and he was overreacting, but I do agree with the sentiment because we've had such a controversial season with Silverstone and Monza and potentially the touch in Jeddah that I don't want the last race of what's been an amazing year to end with a discussion a debate I want it to be clear clean racing and I want there to be a true winner and both of them deserve it at this point as a British fan it'll be great to see Hamilton win it all but as a Max Red Bull fan it'll be great too I'm happy either way I just want to see a clean race yeah and I mean they've 
they're, they've basically been inseparable. I did some maths during the week, quite a lot of maths, actually. And so over the course of the the races that they have both finished, which was 18 of the 21, and you can include the Italy, you know, where they ended up on top of each other if you want, because obviously that, that was exactly the same time. They, they have driven... F- 5,000, I can't remember the exact number, but over 5,000 kilometers, which is very nearly from London to New York. And their elapsed total time in their race times is nine seconds apart with Max slightly quicker. That's I mean, that's nuts. ridiculous. That crazy. Has it ever been this close? Like, I know there's been equal points before. I'm not doing any more maths, Grace. <laughs> I'm not doing that for every other season. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people who casually like F1, We'll know that it's happened before with the equal points with Fittipaldi and Regazzoni in 1974. But do you guys think this season's closer? Because that statistics, James, is incredible. I mean, the last time I can actually remember two cars like crashing and, and going into the into the final race, at le- well, not equal, but close. Was Schumacher and Damon Hill, maybe, when, when Schumacher Yeah, they were crashed? one point apart, I think, in yeah, 94. Maybe, I and then obviously... was one. Yeah, and then obviously the big Senna and, uh, Senna and Prost, they did it twice. <laughs> but that wasn't even in the last race, I don't think. 89 and 90, I think that was the penultimate race both times. I think it was, yeah, it was Japan, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was maybe, Japan, I think. It was Japan both times, I think. Yeah. Does anyone, see, does anyone see a Senna-Prost happening in Abu Dhabi? Like, we can hope it doesn't happen, but... I hope it doesn't, but I feel like Max will have the mentality, because they're on equal points, of if I don't finish, Lewis isn't finishing. And then I think if they're both out, then it goes down to who's got the most race wins, which I believe is Max on nine and Lewis on eight. Yeah, So I think Max is just going to give it his all. And I hope that there isn't a crash. I really do, but... I feel like there could be one. As controversial as he has been, obviously, and particularly in Saudi Arabia, uh, I genuinely don't think Max, like, I don't think he has the mentality of he wants to crash. I think he just doesn't want to be overtaken. I think everything that he does is kind of with the effect of you're not getting past me. Uh, I don't think he would, I genuinely don't think he would go into the last race with any kind of plan, like premeditated to take Lewis out. It could happen, but I think it would only be in his totally kind of, yeah, 100% all or nothing racing style. I think also he's got a bit of Ayrton Senna in him. And for those of you listening who knew how Ayrton Senna used to race, Senna used to put the car where he was was either going to pass you or you were going to crash into him. That is where Max for the last four races, has put Lewis Hamilton. He has put the car where either Lewis cannot pass him, so he will retain the position, or there will be an accident. So I do think it's going to... I feel like it's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. And Abu Dhabi, sorry. So, yeah, that's my view on it, at least. It might be your view, but everyone's favourite table smasher, Toto Wolf, also has the same view. And he said... Now, this is a bit, the wording here is a bit, it's a bit sneaky. He says he hopes he, everyone can learn and adapt for the final race in Abu Dhabi. What do you guys think about that? Because I'm thinking he's basically saying, Max, don't be an idiot, don't crash. 
it will soil his world championship. I think. I I think it will it will put a little bit of a stain on it. And, you know, he's 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 won nine races. I th- think he's led more laps than anyone in 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 history without a world championship. So. I mean, if if he yeah, if he then crashes into Lewis on purpose again, air quotes. Um, yeah, I think it it will soil his, his his title a little bit. I think everyone will remember that more than what a terrific job he's done this year. Yeah, I agree, and I think if he does crash into Lewis on purpose, it kind of shows that he does have a lot to learn. He's not as mature as one would potentially think he would be. But I just, I just hope it's fair and clean, and that if Max wins, he wins because of his driving, and it's his fair, clean driving, not because Lewis has crashed and didn't finish the race. I want to see them both finish. Now, Bridge, I know you love Seda. We were talking about that before, but I actually love Prost, and that was a little chat we were having. And Prost has also said that. One particular corner, just any corner, it'll be down to the corner who wins in Abu Dhabi. And I think that's quite groundbreaking that Prost, one of the greats, he's had head-to-head battles. He thinks it's even more intense this year. I think it's quite ironic as well that he's saying that one corner can win you when he crashed into Senna to win his world title. So he's talking from experience. I mean, he is talking from experience. So, you know... It, Again, it's a bit ironic, but he is right. It could come down to one corner where Max crashes into Lewis because I don't. I, I, it won't be the other way around. Lewis is way too experienced. Is probably the nicest way of putting it. He's way too experienced to actually, you know, stay in the way of Max Verstappen. So yeah, the amount of times that he's avoided contact this year is like whether or not you love. Lewis, whether you annoys you, I don't think anyone can debate that he has done an incredible job of not crashing. As that, like, could, obviously Silverstone, yes, but there could have been far more of those. Oh yeah, the amount of times, and he, he's backing out whilst trying not to, you know, lose the the mental battle in terms of like you were saying, Senna's, you yeah, we crash or you get out of the way because uh, you. I think it was, I think it might have been Prost actually, someone who said like. If, as soon as Senna knew he had you beaten, he knew he had that was it. And yeah, it was uh, he'd, Martin he'd Brundle. back out. Yeah, yeah, Martin yeah that's it. Sorry, but uh, but speaking of the finale, uh, Grace, do you want to tell us about the uh, the rights to to view that live? Yeah, I was thinking about this because I'm guessing all of us watch it on Sky Sports because. We're, we're not casual fans. We have to watch it live. And in the UK, sadly, we can only watch it on Sky Sports F1. James, how do you access it in France? Uh, Sky Go, quite a long time behind uh, and on a very old laptop because my new one doesn't work anymore. So that's why I don't speak to anyone for the entirety of the race. Oh, neither do I. The chat is ahead of me. My, my Sky Live is minutes behind so i'm sorry for anyone who reads my race live tickers because you'll probably be able to find out from from daily news the next day before i find out (laughs) but there has been discussion that channel four could take over it and make it free to view 
What do you guys think about that? Do you think it should be available for free as it's a race for the ages? I mean, absolutely. It should be a race to be, you know, to be viewed by everyone. You know, this is the first time in, I don't know how many years, maybe maybe since 2016 that we've had a, a title that's actually, you know, a title race that's actually worth watching. But will Sky do it? Absolutely not. Of course not. How, how much money are they going to earn from this, from people buying one day passes and, you know, Sky passes just for this one day? Um, but in the long term, it's it's going to help them, isn't it? Because, you know, how many people would, because it's free to view and it's there and they've heard all this stuff about the drama, are going to come in, watch this race, which, I mean, it's unlikely to be dull one way or another. Even if one of the two, like, sails off into the distance, it's still going to be... You know, it's the decider. And they could fall in love with F1, spend the entirety of lockdown five or whatever we're on now, binging Drive to Survive over the winter, and then come back as a new fan who's willing to pay. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it would actually genuinely make sense. Yeah, I think it's a race that people are going to be talking about for years to come. And the more people that can watch it and have access to it, the better. All right, we are going to take a quick break, but after, we will be discussing some BBC and Verstappen controversy, so stick around. We will be right back. Support for the Cuts the Race podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0. You heard it right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer just for Formula Nerds listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. That's code FORMULANERDS at manscaped.com. So regardless of what happens uh, next week, or this week, sorry, Verstappen has been nominated for the International Sportsman of the Year Award, which is obviously presented by the BBC, which is based in the homeland of Lewis Hamilton, his championship rival, and soon to be, many believe, a eight-time world champion. What are our thoughts on this? It's a bit controversial from the BBC. So, so what do you guys think about it? I mean, it's Hamilton versus Verstappen all over again, isn't it? I mean, for me, Verstappen doesn't have much of a personality compared to some drivers on the grid like Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, snap. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's a bit odd, isn't it? That, like, the Queen knighted Sir Lewis and now his biggest rival is up for a a BBC award. I'm a bit torn, I'm a bit confused at where that thinking came from. Now, Abby, I know you said he hasn't got the best personality of the drivers on the grid, but looking at the nominees list, I'm not going to lie, he potentially has the best personality. And that's saying something. That is that is very true. We've got I mean, Novak Djokovic as a tennis player. I really dislike the guy. He's not a sportsman at all. So... <sighs> We've got. Ooh. Oh my word! Bit controversial there, Grace. That's, you're trying to nick my job. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to win it, is he? Novak, after all, is 
you know, vaccine drama, I don't think. Organising yeah. tournaments during COVID, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. I mean, right, I think my my view on it is, yes, it's a bit controversial from the BBC, but it is the international sports yeah. personality of the year. It doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't really matter. I'm probably going to get more hate for this, for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It doesn't really matter if he accidentally, you know, stamped, well, I'll say accidentally, if he stamped on the brakes and nearly ended the uh, the championship in Saudi Arabia. You know, it, it doesn't really matter. He deserves, he's, he performed brilliantly this year. So he deserves every award he can get his hands on, I think. World title isn't looking on the cards right now. So... If the BBC are going to hand him a little, you know, a little thing at the end saying, oh, go on, you won, you won the International Sports Person of the Year, though. So, you know. I think he might, if he wins a title, he might get it. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> clearly Grace isn't a fan of any of them. But I think there are there are some decent, decent uh, alternatives in there. You've got, uh, it's Rachel Blackmore became the first female jockey to win the Grand National. That could be quite popular. She's quite, quite cool, moment. actually. Yeah, oh, she's got a personality after all. That's good. <laughs> Tom, Bra- Tom Brady, uh, kind of, you know, he's arguably the ghost of American football. I mean, Abby, you're a, you're an American football fan. I definitely am. And I do love Brady. He plays for Tampa Bay and I do like their team. And he has won the Super Bowl seven times, I believe, which I think is more than any other NFL player so I think he he deserves it but Max has done a good job this year like we said and he could win it but do you think if he takes Lewis out in Abu Dhabi and wins the award will there be backlash I don't know how you can give him the award if he takes it out on purpose yeah I mean if it's if it's obvious if the contact is obvious I wouldn't be surprised if the stewards exclude him from the entire season. You know, with this much on the line, I think the stewards will will make clear to both Max and Lewis, look, these are the these are the lines, this is the line, do not cross it, otherwise we will, you know, we will come down on it. I mean, so interestingly, I had a look back at the winners of the the international sportsman world sports whatever it is of the year. Michael Schumacher never won it, despite getting seven titles. He never won it. Interesting. Seb, Seb got it after his fourth in 2013. But That's everyone loves Seb. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was multi-21 year. He was less popular then uh, and the end of the dominance. But Very true. But yeah, but Schumacher never won it. And uh, more to the point, talking in terms of like potentially taking out Lewis, the year 94, Damon Hill won it won the BBC Sports Personality of the Year despite not winning the title because he got taken out and he got the sympathy vote. So Lewis would be more likely to win it if he gets taken out and Max wouldn't. Although Lewis isn't going to win it. It's going to go to Radicanu, but still. Do we think we could see Verstappen winning at BBC Sports Personality and Lewis not? That would be interesting when we think Lewis is going to win the championship. Bit of a vice versa? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The sport, the BBC Sports Personality Year, rarely, rarely give it to someone who's, you know, if, if someone's not British and they've performed just as well 
as someone who is British, the BBC are going to give it to the British guy. You know, Lewis won it last year pretty convincingly, I think. You know, winning a world championship in the midst of a global pandemic is pretty, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So, yeah. He had to wait quite a long time for it, though, didn't he? It was, yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. won it 2008, I think he won it, and then had to wait. And they had to get six more titles before they gave him another one. So if he had to wait, well, he got it after his first world title and then he got it after his sixth. Do you think Max will get it after his first world title? He might be one up on Lewis because he might get the trophy before he gets the championship. I know I've already voted for him. Spoiler. I think, I don't know, I think Elaine thompson here will get it. That's my official prediction. I don't know who the favourite is, but she came back, she, she was... She became a mother and then came back and got a triple world gold and set the second fastest time, sorry, Olympic gold, and set the second fastest time of all time. She's pretty likeable. Bolt won it a bunch of times. Time for an exclusive interview given by our very own Delilah with a very inspirational woman, W Series driver Abby Eaton, who very unfortunately broke her back. Delilah started by asking how Abby was. Each week gets better and, um, you know, I'm moving forward, so that's a good thing now, you know, it's just trying to keep my mind from going crazy because I can't do do anything really, um, but yeah, I'm feeling okay. Yeah, and uh, you've started physical um, rehabilitation, uh, right? So how's that going? Like, what are you doing right now and progress and yeah. Um, so I've not had my first kind of session yet. Um, so we've basically just been putting it all together and stuff. So um, my first session will be, uh, I think, tomorrow or Friday. Um, but they're sent through stuff I can do at home, but it only gets really basic stuff like just like bodyweight things, um, more just, you know, being able to switch the muscles on. So just contracting mm-hmm. certain muscles, just even stunt, you know, just contract the muscles on my upper back and, and stuff like that. But you know, it's a case of trying to manage stuff around it so that, you know, once I'm able to kind of, you know, work out again a little bit more kind of substantially, that the rest of my body hasn't really deteriorated um, because I've literally done nothing. Like I've lost like five kilos of, of muscle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long road ahead, but at least in my mind, I can start doing things that, like, get me towards that goal, which is a, a nice feeling. Yeah, and I guess, well, you said it, uh, it's a bit boring as a driver, uh, as an athlete, kind of, to have to, like, stop. So, like, what are you doing to spend some time and just, yeah? Just catching up on admin, I guess, like, as much as I can. Um, you know, the... The, with I guess one thing that is good with I mean this is my like flimsier brace so my other one is is like my head's really high and it's really really uncomfortable um, but with it being so rigid I can kind of stay upright a little bit longer um, so you know I can I've got a, I've got my accounts to do boring boring stuff like that um, so I need to crack on with that a little bit more but. You know, I'm, just, I'm back in Milton Keynes now at, at Jess and my house. Um, you know, to start off with, I went to my parents because you know, I was in quite a, quite a bad way. I couldn't really do anything for myself. And 
obviously Jess is, is busy, so um, yeah, I had some, some TLC at my parents and um, and then now I'm able to like make my own food again and stuff like that. I can stand up for long, you know, long enough to do that. So I came back down to my house. So that's nice. Nice. And as you mentioned, Jess, you wrote on Instagram that she needs to kind of drive you around right now. So how's that? Because as a driver, it's I guess it's something that is never nice. <laughs> to be honest, Jess drives me. If we go somewhere, Jess drives most of the time because um, she just. She, let's say she likes to get places quickly, um, so I'd rather just let her drive, and then she she can drive as fast as she wants, and she you know she gets to her destination when she wants to. Whereas I'm probably a little bit more um, arrive when I arrive. I like just cruising about, like I'm not in a rush on the road, um, unless it's cold. Although we have we're very lucky to both have heat seats, so. But no, she's a good chauffeur, very lucky. <laughs> and yeah, so um, what do you kind of remember about what happened? And also, like, do you think it could have been prevented? Um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things, I think, where like, you know, there was one thing that led to another, that led to another, that they've all kind of happened in a specific sequence to get to this point. Um, but... Uh, you know, the, the, the reason why it's happened is purely and simply because of the sausage curve that, or sausage curves that were on the exit of the corner. Um, you know, how, obviously I've done many, many, many laps before that and not had an issue. And, um, you know, I think it was just a combination of, you know, we've done some setup changes to the car and um, it was the first time that I actually was following cars quite closely and you get something called aero wash and it was, you know, it was my mistake that caused the, you know, the, the reason for me to run slightly wider than I usually would. Um, but, you know, how it happened is that on the exit of the corner, there's three sausage curbs and I ran just slightly wide and just clipped the first sausage curb, which shouldn't be an issue, but that basically then dragged me over to the right, which meant I was kind of centrally to the other two. And I kind of bounced off one slightly, but it basically landed me on the other. Um, which is, if you imagine, like landing, you know, into yeah. a into a, a wall rather than it being head on, because I was landing down. It means that basically my spine has compressed like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I was doing. I think it was, it was 100 kilometers to 40 kilometers in like a fraction of a second, um, and obviously you're strapped in tight, really, really tight, and. Like my engineers and mechanics are laughing. Like I've never strapped like you like to be t strapped in the tightest out of everyone. So um, you know, it's just the aggression of, of hitting and having that compression and that stop um, that, that did the damage. And you know, the sausage curves out in the states are, are a lot higher and a lot more aggressive than any I've ever seen in you know all the circuits that I've been to, and you know, you've probably seen in the press. As a result of this, and you know, there was my incident on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, um, another driver on another sausage curve had the same incident and the same injury. So, um, you know, the F1 drivers are talking about it. You know, it's a conversation that we're having because because of it, and you know, the hope is that they will get rid of these sausage curves because you know, it's not only mine and Christian's incident. There's been many, many, many crashes over the years that have been as a result of sausage curves. And um, yeah, I mean, 
unfortunately, the world that we live in, you know, sometimes it takes someone to die or to be paralysed or something like that before change happens. And yeah, I would love that it doesn't need to get to that point. You know, if this situation, we can get rid of them and prevent that from happening, then, you know, then this situation for me is, is all worth it, you know? Yeah. And like for the future, is that only like is the only solution to just get rid of the, the sausage corps or is there anything else also like? Yeah, other than that. Different solutions. Um, I mean, I know they've tried to like adjust the sausage curbs to try and make them a little bit easier. For example, um, Spa in the last UK, um, you know, sausage curbs on the inside of really, really slow corners tend to not be too bad unless something goes wrong, like in the run up to the corner. And I can't remember who it was, it was a single seater, I think, of some description. Basically, there was an incident under braking. I think someone hit him or he lost control. And the sausage curb on the inside of the corner, he basically ended up hitting it sideways and it launched the cart sideways. Um, and what I think they ended up doing was basically creating a bit more of a slope on the run-up side to it, but on the other side, it was a normal sausage curb, so you can't cut the corner. But even then, you know, it's still going to launch people. Um, you know, in... in I just don't think there's any way to make sausage curbs, um, you know, safe. I mean, it's the whole theory behind it is, you know, with a sausage curb or a speed bump or whatever, maybe not a speed bump on the road, per se, but on a track, it's to try and break some traction on the rear wheels so that as you run over the bump, it just lifts the rear slightly so that you don't have the traction, you know, to, to gain an advantage. Um, but like anything, anything that's going to launch you is either Going to launch, or it's going to launch the car, you know, look at Sophia Flair's crash at Macau. She went into, you know, um, like some, some building or whatever, but there wasn't, there wasn't any people in there. You know, if there were spectators there, you know, potentially she could have killed like 15 people. So I just don't think there's anywhere, any space to have sausage curves on a track and you just need to look at alternative ways to try and manage track limits and it's like, it's hard. You know, it's, and that's why there are so many different things that have been tried for track limits, but like sausage curves, just it ain't the one. And then I guess moving on, um, you had your first season in W series. Uh, you were a bit of a critic, I guess, at the beginning. So can you kind of explain to us what was like the the reason why you weren't convinced about it, and what made you change your mind, and eventually, like, what is your thought about it now? Um, there, there have been championships in the past, like all-female championships previously, that have just been a bit of a gimmick and they've not actually been well supported and it's more, you know, it was just seen as being a bit of a jerk and, you know, W Series when they first launched just seemed too good to be true, you know, with the you know, fully funded, even your, you know, your logistics and your accommodation and, and then a big prize fund at the end of it, you know, it just seemed, yes, too good to be true, so I just, um, you know, and, and to me, I've never ever wanted to race just against women. And, you know, I've won championships against men and women. Um, you know, it's great when I do race against women in those mixed championships, but I didn't want to solely race against women. You know, I wanted to race against, you know, the, the best drivers because that's when you can have up your game. And, and that's why I was initially kind of skeptical about it. Uh, but, you know, I did watch for, for the year and, you know, was pleased and felt comforted actually with the support that was given to the girls and that 
you know, the investment that was being made into the championship was real and was decent. Um, and, you know, that, that changed my mind in it, really. And, you know, they were, um, you know, nice enough to have me back. And, you know, I'm, I'm not you know, too proud to, to admit, you know, that I was wrong. And, um, yeah, you know, it's been a learning year for me. Um, I always knew it was going to be difficult and it was going to be a learning year. Um, but there were things kind of behind the scenes that, um, not with W Series, you know, with, with myself, that um, you know, really hindered the year, which was really frustrating. Um, and it's going to be a case of next year, you know, how well I can rehab myself and, you know, if I can, probably if I get to where I was last year in terms of strength and fitness, um, you know, there's still be a question on if I'll be able to do it or not. Um, but they've got to offer me a drive yet, you know, I'm still waiting to hear, you know, what, what the situation is. So, you know, my goal at the moment is to just get well as fit as I can and just see what level that is in terms of fitness and, and go from there, really. And, like, as a driver, what do you think was, like, the biggest improvement during the season? Um, especially because I think the last race in Zambor, it was, like, equaling your best result in WC race, if I'm not wrong. Um, probably from Spa onwards was really good, um, ignoring Kurta. Um, obviously Spa, like I love Spa, it's a great circuit and obviously there was, you know, the big pile up on the, on the qualifying which was really annoying. Um, but then we had the wet race and I've always been good in the wet, I, you know, I love driving in the wet and um, I think I've, I've finished, I think I've got up to like 7th or something, 7th or 8th, something like that, from like 14th. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was, I just ran out of time, you know, I was so fast, you know, pulling people, I think I ended up being like fourth quickest on the track, and I was loving it, I was having so much fun, and that is like, it's the best race I've had all year, driving in the wet there, um, and then moving on to Zambot, you know, I went into Zambot thinking, you know, Zambot's a very kind of technical circuit, you know, there's like ups and downs, blind corners, you know, cambered, cambered turns as well, and I knew it was physically going to be quite demanding, and, um, you know, it's kind of one of those circuits where you have to be kind of at one with the car, really, to be able to extract the most out of the circuit. So I kind of thought, mm, it's probably not going to be one of my best circuits. And then kind of when I went out, I, you know, for some reason, I just kind of clicked with it. And obviously I was third in practice and in quality, our pace was, was all day, probably about third or fourth. But then in quality, it was really frustrating because we had like, a couple of red flags and they were on my best laps and then the last two laps that I had um, you know because I was like eager to get the lap in then I, I didn't quite get it myself so we started sixth and really we should have started probably fourth which yeah really annoying um, but I you know I really enjoyed it and it's such a fantastic circuit with with the crowd there as well it was really good. Yeah, and talking about the crowd, how was it to drive in Silverson during like the F1 Grand Prix with all the crowd and it being like your home Grand Prix? Um, yeah, you know, really good. Um, that was probably my biggest disappointment of the year, Silverstone. Um, you know, really didn't, didn't perform there, which was again frustrating, but you know, it was lovely to have the support of the crowd regardless. Um, you know, and you, you always have some English fans wherever you go, like even in Kurta, when, um, um, you know, when I was kind of taken off the track, there was people with like Union Jacks and stuff shouting. So, um, 
Yeah, British fans are awesome. And uh, regarding the circuits, you said at the beginning of the season that your favorite circuit might have changed during the season because um, of all the like new tracks that you've never been to. So what is your favorite circuit now? And eventually, like, where would you like to race? Uh, Zambot was probably my favorite. Um, so if I give you my least favorite through the year, I didn't like Hungary. Um, Kota was disappointing because, again, it didn't, like, we actually had really good pace, but I didn't put it together. Um, so I enjoyed it, but I'm going to say I didn't because of what it did to me. Um, but, um, yeah, I think any of the other tracks I'd love to go to again. Like, I really enjoyed um, Austria as well. That was a really good, you know, fun track. And I think it was a good track to start at for everyone because... You know, it's fairly straightforward, but actually it was quite technical. I and mean, he had some you know, nice fast corners, but as well with the really, really slow stuff. So, you know, it was good, good to learn that. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to do Austria again and I'd love to do Zambo again. And um, as you were talking about quota, I remembered, like, what did you think about the truck surface and like the problems at uh, the rear with the bumps, apparently? Um, yeah, it was bumpy. Um, I... So they definitely made an effort to try and cut out some of those bumps. So they basically skim off like the top layer of, of the track to, to get rid of them. Um, but yeah, it, it was bumpy, but um, you just learn where those bumps are and then you have to drive accordingly. So for example, through the um, sector one, through the fast kind of two or three corners that are together, before the last left, quick left, there was a bump. And, If you get the car line up correctly and you don't brake and turn at the correct point, you, you basically lose the rear of the car. And there was one time where I did, I just, just brake just slightly on the bump and turned in just slightly on the bump. And it, I was just sideways, like waiting. So, you know, it adds another element to it, but, you know, that, that's kind of part and parcel of the track that comes with with um, with racing there now. But, yeah, it, it is a shame. It's not silky smooth, but... Yeah, again, it's, it's a challenge that you have to adapt to and just deal with. And um, so you're an ambassador for Racing Pride, right? Um, at the moment, we are seeing uh, the last couple of races in the F1 calendar. Uh, what do you think about the um, like, uh, signals sent out by Hamilton and uh, even Vettel before during the season? Like, How important is that to, to kind of have these personalities on track? Yeah, I think it's really important and, you know, just to show that, you know, these massive, massive sports people, you know, show allyship to, you know, that community, I think is really, really great. And, you know, both of both Vettel and Hamilton, you know, push to highlight problems, you know, not just in that area, you know, the environment and diversity and inclusivity, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think it's great that they're using their, their profile to help and to help raise awareness. and. You know, especially in maybe certain countries where the, those kind of issues are not at the forefront of, you know, change, um, which I think is very brave of them to do. And, you know, we really are thankful that, that they do that. And, you know, I think Grace and Pride, um, you know, um, was it, I think there was an interview somewhere where, you know, Grace and Pride's um, profile, social media profile, one of their tweets was retweeted. So, you know, it's getting support and it's helping, Racing Pride and other organizations like that get traction and get more followers and get more support. You know, at the end of the day, it is a charity. Um, and, you know, with more support, then we can look to educate people further and offer more support to people. So, yeah, it's definitely a positive thing.
Um, so yeah, I, I hope you can recover uh, fully and as, as quickly and as uh, effortlessly, let's say, as possible. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Well, from me, Bridge, Abby and James, we want to thank Delilah and Abby for that amazing interview. What an inspirational story. Yeah, it was great to hear from her. And we obviously wish her all the very best with her recovery. Uh, I think we've pretty much run out of time now. So thank you for joining us. And I don't even really need to say to come and check out the Cuts the Race for the final race review of the year, because of course you're going to. And if you haven't already, go and listen to last week's where Abby and Grace joined Ollie and Cal to attempt to break down the carnage that was the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Uh, we'll also have one selfless member of the team doing live updates for all the sessions in Abu Dhabi. So be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with likely plenty more drama and controversy to talk about or argue about. So until then, that's all from the news from the nerds. 